You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Monday. It's time for our Monday show. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents across the state of Mississippi, home, life, auto, whatever you need. Check out favorites.com and hook up with our friends at Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie, yesterday we went 12 innings. We won 5-3, to three, salvaging a game in that three-game series at Arkansas. And now nine games in the book. Three weekends of SEC play behind us now. Stayed at four and five in SEC play. And uh, I, I guess before we start jumping into this, first and foremost, that was a good win yesterday. Is this where you pull the same stunt you did against Georgia and you're going to come in here because we want a Sunday game and all of a sudden you're Mr. Positive and everything's okay and don't worry about it. I'm excited about this team. Is that is that what we're headed to now? Okay, and so last week it was I'm excited on Sunday coffee and then upset on the Monday show. Two weeks ago I was happy on Sunday coffee or mad on Sunday coffee and then came back on here on Monday. And so, Charlie, we have talked about so many times about people in baseball not getting hooked up and just locked into wins and losses. And, dadgummit, I feel like I've done that in the first three SEC weekends. Yesterday was a big win. And so, no, no, I'm not going to jump in here and, you know, stand on the on the crate and say we're going to win the SEC championship now. But I think yesterday could prove to be a very big win. And, hey, we said going in, you just don't want to get swept on the road in Fayetteville because that had kind of been the trend in this series between State and Arkansas. Winning one was okay. You would love to have had two. What say you? Winning one was okay. I would like to have competed in the other two. I think what I take away from this past weekend is that you've seen – the hallmarks of an inconsistent team. That is, they have given you plenty to be excited about, plenty to be frustrated about, and there's a mix of good and bad. But I would say this. We compared it a little bit to where we were at the SEC tournament last year where we were run-ruled in two games. We said that what you had to do was to start putting together something to give you some belief that you could climb out of that And I thought we saw some things yesterday that whether it will be enough, whether it will develop like you need it to, you saw Luke Hancock homer, you need that. You saw Jaeger homer, you need more of that. You saw Logan Tanner homer, you need more of that. We saw some big hits in the 12th inning, not just to take the lead, but to expand it. And then the other big thing you saw, and I go back, I like this guy, man, Brooks Auger. Gave you three and a third. Was he perfect? No. Walked too many. Allowed a couple of hits, but the guy got through it. He only allowed one earned run and three and a third. You take that. And then on the back end, Jackson Fristo, a guy that we just simply have to have. If we're going to be where we want to be this year, goes three and two thirds. So you add those together, and the much maligned MSU bullpen gives you seven innings. 
allowing just five hits and one run. Look, bottle that up, take it with you, because that's something that you can build on. Cade Smith, again, kept you in it. So I think what we see is a team that has problems. It has deficiencies. It's got to have guys play better. But what you also saw is a group that's capable of giving it to you. And I think you saw some things yesterday. If you want to look for hope, I think there are some places to find it there. You You look at our first three runs, and our first three runs were all solo home runs. Jaeger, Hancock, Tanner, Logan Tanner. And then Arkansas had two solo home runs. Then they scored a run in the bottom of the sixth inning and tied it up. And and so you were not getting things in sequential order. We were getting the big pop, and we've talked about that, kind of relying on the home run ball. You talk about Jackson Fristo and the job he did in the bullpen yesterday. That was the Jackson Fristo we've been kind of waiting to see because he had stuff. Here's what Jackson Fristo did yesterday. Here's what Kate Smith did at the game yesterday. Here's what Brooks Auger did in the game yesterday. And I know you look at it from an overall standpoint, you look out and you see seven walks in the game. And is that too many? Yeah, it's too many. But you have to think that's over a 12-inning period instead of just a nine-inning affair. But I thought Kate Smith and what Jackson Fristo and Auger to some extent did is they won the 0-0 count. They won the 1-1 count. And it seemed like they were pitching from ahead that entire game yesterday. And I know you had seven walks. But you look back at the, the first two games of the weekend, and you see the 11 walks in the game on Friday. You see the, the 12 free passes in the game on Saturday with eight walks and four hit batsmen. And, yeah, you had seven. That's 30. That's 30 that you had this weekend just by the walks and hit batsmen. But I thought yesterday we were pitching from ahead more and it felt like, you know, and that's one of the things that was kind of frustrating is you saw Arkansas is not a great offensive team. And if you can establish fastball and stay ahead in the count, you could have success against Arkansas. And that's what Cade Smith gave you again. I mean, how many times this year? That's the third time. Long Beach State, Georgia, and now Arkansas, where you had to have wins. And Cade Smith came out and gave it to you. And here's the other thing, just looking at Cade Smith. You go look at his innings pitched. You know what you're going to get from him when he goes out there. His shortest outing has been five innings. That was a game against Northern Kentucky where the ball game was in hand. It had nothing to do with performance why he's come out. But it went six against Georgia, six against Alabama, went five yesterday, and in league play hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in a start. I'm a, I'm a fan of Cade Smith, man. And I know, boy, there's like clamoring of, do you move him up? You just nailed a pretty good argument, I think, of why you don't, which is to say that we've got some pretty big Sunday wins right there that, man, kind of glad he was there to get it for you. And it brings on the point, and I hate to harp on this, and you start looking at our stats and you start seeing, you know, we talked about this yesterday, Charlie, in Sunday Coffee, about how we've got some guys in the bullpen where you see the opponent's batting averages are just astronomical. And one of the things I was thinking about today is looking at those batting averages. And this is something I want to do either tonight, tomorrow night, and or, you know, we've got a ball game tomorrow night against UT Martin, is just kind of look back at those at-bats of those pitchers and to see when they're getting hit. You know, Cam Tuller right now, Cam has had success against left-handed hitters. 
but you look against right-handed hitters and teams are batting 556 against him. You want to kind of go and, and dive a little bit into that and say, okay, what was the count on those hits? Did he win the 0-0 battle? Did he win the 1-1 battle in those situations? And I'm not picking on Cam right there. It's just as an example. And so I think when you start looking at all this is not to oversimplify this is winning the 0-0 battle and winning the 1-1 battle. I thought we did that yesterday. And if you look back at our wins, it just seems like we're pitching from ahead a heck of a lot more, not in, not just walks, but even in the hits. Well, when you look at our pitching troubles, doesn't it all come down to free bases? Isn't that the biggest issue? Look, we've gotten hit harder than I would care to at times. But if you look in league play, our opponent's batting average isn't actually out of line. I think it's actually in the upper half, meaning our pitchers are doing about as well as anybody except for there's one number that just leaps off the page of the SEC statistics. And, Bart, we talk all the time about you want to know the difference between first and where you are. You're the one who brought this up earlier when we were talking I had to come pull up the numbers to see if you weren't just crazy wrong, but you nailed it. It's walks in league play. Yeah, we've played nine games in SEC play, and this is SEC-only stats. Tennessee, in nine games, their pitching has walked eight batters. Eight batters in nine games. That is absolutely amazing. That is attacking the strike zone. It's absolutely staggering. And beyond that, they've only allowed 13 extra base hits. It's phenomenal. Eight walks. I've got a feeling you're going to go ahead and tell me, Bart, that our number's not that good. No, it's not. We're a little bit behind Tennessee. Then you've got Arkansas, who's second in the league in walks allowed for a pitching staff, 27. All right. Florida is third at 29. All right, let's skip on down to the bottom half. I don't want to bore you too much with stats. South Carolina is eighth with 41 walks. Number nine, Kentucky, 42. Number 10, Missouri, 43. Number 11, Texas A&M, 44. Number 12, LSU, their pitching staff has allowed 45 walks. Georgia, two after that, they've walked 47. That's number 13. They've walked 47 batters. And Mississippi State, through nine games in SEC play, has walked 59 batters. 59, 51 walks separates you from the top in the SEC. Well, we've made up for it by hitting nine guys. So uh, there is that, right? You know how many, how about that? You know how many guys Tennessee pitching has hit this year in league play? Zero. I mean, wild pitches they've thrown? Two. Meanwhile, we've hit nine guys and thrown six. Now, look, Tennessee they're going to run laps around the rest of the league this year. Arkansas talks about what a great regular season they had last year. My goodness, Tennessee is is just absolutely phenomenal. But I go back, and so you say, okay, how do those walks manifest themselves? Our team pitching is good enough, except for the fact that we spend a lot of time with opponents being able to bat with guys on base. And – that contributes to the fact that our ERA, the only teams worse in team ERA right now are Georgia and Florida in terms of league games. So 
we got a ways to go there. Um, look, hitting, you know, we got some room for improvement there. <clears throat> but you look around the league right now and you say, all right, where are you? You know, Vanderbilt's not appreciably better. You actually have a higher team batting average in league play than Arkansas, higher batting average than Ole Miss and South Carolina. We just got some work to do because we've just got to start to be more consistent. Yeah, hitting is not as bad as we think. There's not a single SEC team through nine games that's batting over 300 in league play. And and they, that's very standard, and that's very common. And like you said, Charlie, we're in 10th place in batting average in the league. You look at slugging percentage, we're sixth in the SEC right now. You look at hits, we're eighth in the league right now. You're just right in the middle of the pack. But right now, the only thing, hey, we talk about hit batters. Florida, Florida pitching staff has hit 21 batters this season. That is, that's phenomenal within itself. Arkansas's hit 12. They're number two, but Florida has hit 21 so far through nine games. And that's the number that gets missed a lot. People start to zero in on walks, but hitting a guy is as bad or worse because the problem with hitting a guy, and we've seen us do it, to walk somebody at least got to throw four balls, but we've seen us get up and account 0-2 and then hit a guy. And that's what's really frustrating because you ruin what was a good sequence, a good at bat by the pitcher uh, with one errant pitch. It goes back to the big miss theory. All right, Charlie. Looking back at our Thursday deep dig brought to you by Trax Plus. On that Thursday deep dig, we talked about two players that could hurt us. And so looking back over the weekend, let's take a look back at those two guys that we talked about. You had Robert Moore. I had Michael Turner. We talked about this a little bit on Sunday Coffee yesterday. First, my guy, Michael Turner, he went one for four in the game on Friday. He had a couple of RBIs. He had a sacrifice fly. Then in the Saturday game, my guy, Michael Turner, the catcher, he went 0 for four. And then in the Sunday game, he went one for six. So he had two hits on the entire weekend. He was not a big factor at all. And so – the guy that I thought you had to keep off the bases, we actually did a pretty good job of keeping him off the bases. Well, I know it's tempting just to look at the guys we picked. I want to real quickly, though, look at the guy we dismissed, and that was Brady Slavens. Slavens, the designated hitter for Arkansas, didn't play in the ball game on Friday. On Saturday, Slavens, who, by the way, coming in, was 0 for 17 in league play with 10 strikeouts. Slavens in the ball game on Saturday goes two for four, three RBIs, a run. He reached base another time by walk, had a home run in that ball game. Comes back in the ball game yesterday, and Slavens again has a good game. He goes one for two, drives in a run, reaches base again on a walk. So the prescription for a good weekend is us dismissing you. Um, the other guy that I still can't believe we didn't pick and we talked about how we almost should have picked this guy, and that was Jalen Battles, the shortstop. He had a big weekend. Uh, goes two for four, then one for three, one for four, hits for extra bases. But my guy was Robert Moore, the second baseman. And Robert Moore had a, a pretty decent day on Saturday. In the ballgame Saturday, he was one for two, but he scored three runs. How do you score three runs? Only having one hit? Well, he got on base by a walk twice. Went one for five in the ball game on Friday, but then yesterday, 0 for five. And you look at what hurt, I, I think, you know, candidly, what hurt 
Arkansas a lot yesterday. You look at the top of that order, kind of that two, three, four spot. Stovall goes 0 for 6 at the two spot. Turner goes 1 for 6. Lanzilli goes 1 for 5. And then Robert Moore goes 0 for 5. Not a lot of hits in the heart of the lineup right there for Arkansas. But So that's how my guy did. I don't think either one of those guys killed us. But I thought Moore, for the most part, day one and two played pretty well. Hey, talking about Brady Slavens and how we kind of downplayed him a little bit on Thursday. You know, I took a lot of heat early in the year when we played Northern Kentucky when I said, hey, clinging back, this guy's not very good. Friday night guy, and he kind of shuts us down. You know what his record is right now? He's one and four. That was his only win was against Mississippi State. He's one and four with a 10.86 earn run average. I had a couple people say, Bart, you were wrong about that guy. That guy's really good. He's one and four with a 10.86 earn run average, and his only win is against us. Well, I'll give you a guy who's actually been pitching pretty well, Bart, that we uh, kind of wondered about what he would do. Remember our friend Luis Ramirez from Long Beach State early in the season? How could I forget that running fastball that uh, got underneath the hands? Yeah, Ramirez has actually been pretty good. He missed a game because he having some injury issues, but on the year he's pitched 25 innings, and he's pitched to an ERA of .36. So, uh, you know, he's, he's actually doing pretty well. He struck out 28, walked just four. So at least there's one on our side of the ledger for a guy we thought was pretty good and who's been kind of living up to it. Well, hey, that's a good thing. All right, so if we're going to look back and pick our player of the weekend, our player of the weekend brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly find right here in the state of Mississippi over in Itabina. They service great grocery stores around the southeast, but also great restaurants. And we talked about the catfish hole restaurants in Fayetteville and Alma, Arkansas. They've got the catfish steaks, the catfish fillets. They do a great job at the catfish hole in Fayetteville. Always go to Fayetteville's catfish hole and eat every time we go to Arkansas. So and so, our player of the weekend brought to you by Heartland Catfish, and uh, Charlie, who you got as the player of the weekend? Do I have to pick one guy? Can I go with a hybrid approach here, Charlie? It's our show. We can do whatever we want to do. I am going to Brooks Auger and Jackson Fristo because they gave us something we desperately needed, and that was a good outing out of the bullpen. As we talked about earlier, they combine, they go seven innings, allow just one earned run in a Sunday game on the road in extra innings. And you go back to what Fristo did. He had to come in and pitch himself out of a jam. If we look back and this team turns the corner like we all hope they will, it would not shock me if Jackson Fristo was a big reason that we did and if we aren't pointing to that outing yesterday as saying, wow, that guy earned something that day. He learned something about himself that day. So my players of the weekend are Brooks Auger and Jackson Fristo. All right, my player of the weekend is, and I, I agree with your point, I thought Fristo yesterday really grew up a lot. Coming in in that ninth inning or the tenth inning, whatever inning it was with the bases loaded and one out, and you get back-to-back strikeouts, that was massive for Jackson Fristo. I thought not just physically, but from a mental standpoint. And having him down the stretch, as you said, Charlie, could be a difference maker for this team. I go back to, like you said, Brooks Auger, outstanding out of the bullpen, going three and a third. Both those guys threw in the 50s as far as their pitch count. I'm going to go to Luke Hancock. 
I thought Luke Hancock with a home run in the first inning yesterday set the tone, gave you a lead. First time he'd had a lead all weekend. That gave you a good start. But then when you get to extra innings in the 12th inning, you had to have a base hit with two outs, and he kept the game alive, gave you that game-winning hit. And then right after that, Logan Tanner with another single drives in and gives you a little bit of a cushion going into the bottom of the 12th inning. So I'm going to go with Luke Hancock. We've talked about Luke, and we talked about him yesterday. He's a better hitter than what his stats tell you. And yesterday, him going three for six, I thought was massive for us to pick up a game. And, hey, look at it right now, and we'll talk, look at the SEC in just a moment. And you start talking about there is a massive difference in winning one and not winning any. All of a sudden now you're four and five in the SEC. You're tied for third place in the SEC West. Now you're also tied for seventh. You've got a bunch of people at four and five. But you, you didn't put yourself back in the pack. That's why yesterday's game was so big. I thought it was huge, and I think – all those guys worthy of being our player of the week. Bart, looking around the league, you've got LSU coming in this weekend. They're beatable. We, we can kind of get away with saying all we want to that, hey, you win one on the road and you're okay. Winning one this coming up weekend is not enough. You're going to have to win two. Yeah, you got to win two out of three at home. Have to win two out of three at home. And uh, this look around the SEC brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, the best you can possibly eat. It's made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence, Mississippi. Great, great product. And Henry Cooper and the fine folks down at Country Pleasing have nailed it when it comes to great ballpark food. You can get it at Duty Noble Field. They put a little slaw on top of it, the Country Pleasing Dog. And so this weekend when you come to start, if you're coming for the outfield, Get you a bunch of sticks, get you a bunch of packs of that country-pleasing sausage to put on the grill. But if you're coming to the ballpark, you can also get it at the concession stand, and it is absolutely fantastic. And looking around the SEC, you look at the SEC West right now. Arkansas is 7-2, and two, and then Auburn is 5-4. and four. How about Butch Thompson and that Auburn team? They've gone on the road. They've won two out of three at Texas A&M, who's not very good. And then they won two out of three this past weekend at LSU. Then you've got Bama, LSU, Ole Miss, us, and A&M all at four and five in SEC play. And so, yeah, this weekend, and Charlie, it's amazing how when we were kids, it was the big weekend, Mississippi State and LSU, and this is a huge weekend this coming weekend. Really thought LSU was going to be more high-powered than they've shown so far this season. Imagine LSU coming in here dropping two out of three and going home five and seven in the league. They'll be a little anxious down on the bayou if that should happen. On the other hand, if we can take two out of three, get back to 500 in the league, all of a sudden, you know, you got a chance. And you, and you look at who you've played. You've played the first-place team in the West. You've played the second-place team in the East. Now, you did have Alabama, who is either third or seventh, as you point out in the SEC West right now. But you still have Tennessee out there. Got to start banking some wins. I don't think you can – just can't afford to lose two this weekend. No, you can't. And you look at the league and how it all played out this past weekend. Of course, Tennessee went on the road to Vanderbilt and swept Vanderbilt. And that was massive for Tony Vitello's team. And Tennessee's just playing at a different level right now. They've won 19 games in a row – 
and they're 27 and one. I thought Georgia sweeping Florida at home was big. I, I, I really that was one of the big surprises for me, and that was the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Georgia's now 17 and two at home, and of course, one of those two losses is to us in the Sunday game. Florida getting swept, Vanderbilt getting swept, Kentucky lost two of three this past weekend at home against Ole Miss. They're now three and six in the league. And then South Carolina and Missouri both three and six. And so you got four teams over in the East that are three and six. And then you've got five teams in the West that are four and five and only one team over on the SEC East, and that's Vanderbilt that's four and five right now. So that's kind of how everybody stands in league play. So, hey, when you start thinking about the race for Hoover, and 12 of the 14 teams making it. I mean, everybody's in play right now. It's only three weekends of the book, but you don't you don't really look and see that big dog out there that you know the two teams are not going to make it. No, that's right. Normally you feel like you've already got that buffer built in, but a lot of teams with a chance to stay home and a lot of teams with a chance to play themselves out of it. I think the thing that jumps out at me about the SEC right now is how far are we going to go? How many years are we going to carry on with this idea that Florida is an elite baseball team? They're sitting here, I get it, three weeks. They're three and six in the league. They're 18 and 10 overall. And this was a team that everybody, and it's not like this is a once, you know, an aberration. It seems like every year, it's they're like the Texas of football or the Texas of baseball. I don't get it. Why do we, why does everybody keep wanting to hype up Florida to be more than what they are. So that's the team that jumps out at me on the bad end, on the good end. Well, Tennessee is just really good. Give me a break it to you, Charlie, because somebody on that Florida coaching staff feeds information to baseball writers and guys that handle the polls. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and I'll talk, tell you how great this Florida team is. We see it. We talk about Texas. You talk about fan bases. You talk about subscriptions. You talk about a coaches or assistant coaches are looking for other jobs and wanting their names out there. That, to me, is like we talked about yesterday, is why recruiting rankings and preseason rankings mean absolutely nothing to me when it comes to college baseball because there's, there's too much back-channeling going on in the background. Now, one of the things that you can't inflate based upon – how good you could be or should be is the RPI. And I know it's still too early in the season to start harping on RPI. Our RPI last Monday was 112, by the way. And winning yesterday in Fayetteville knocked our RPI down, and we're now at 73 this morning when the NCAA came out with their release. And I was actually going to do a lot of this looking up you know, and, and research today, but our good friend David Murray over at 247 Sports, David does a great job, good friend of ours, and he put it all together for us. And so, anyway, since David had it, you look at the RPIs right now, the teams we've already played. Texas Tech right now is 16, all right? That's a non-conference game. Georgia right now's RPI is number three. Arkansas is 25. Southern Miss 26. Tulane right now is 19 and 9 overall. They're 66 in the RPI. Bama is 75. Long Beach State, who you mentioned just a moment ago, they were the preseason pick to win the Big West. Right now, Long Beach State's RPI is 88, and they're 4 and 5 in league play. 
Northern Kentucky, who I bet carried Graber a $50 gift certificate to Strange Brew Coffee, they would not finish in the top 200. They're at 178 right now, 8 and 17 overall, 3 and 5 in the Horizon League. And so they'll continue to go down, I promise you. And I'm going to win that $50 gift certificate to Strange Brew. Memphis is 184, Southern University 248, Binghamton is 5 and 17 overall and 258. Grambling 274, Princeton is 0 and 6 in the Ivy League. They were swept this weekend against Columbia. They're just 2 and 19. Their RPI is 277. Wait just a minute. Now Columbia, now they're pretty good. You can't be letting Princeton have it over that. I mean, I think you're undervaluing the Ivy League here. Hey, let me let me ask you this. Um, when you say RPI, are you you know WarrenNolan.com has been the official RPI measure of this program? Is is that what you're going with tonight? No, this is the NCAA RPI that they put out. They put it out once a week. It's very close. You know, Boys World used to have one, and then you had Warren Nolan, and now D1 Baseball does one like everybody else. And so it's kind of like polls now. You know, you've got like 19 polls that everybody wants to go by. It's the same with RPI, but the statistics and the measures they go by are very, very similar. So just to kind of put a face on that, right now our strength of schedule is 75. So a lot of times you can look back and say, man, we're struggling a little bit, but we've played a great schedule. Uh, The schedule to date is not as hard as the schedule is going to be. Our RPI is going to get better as we go forward if we win some games because our strength of schedule is going to be so much better. You look at the teams coming up on our schedule, you got LSU in the 40s, Auburn in the 30s, Ole Miss at 17, Missouri 21, Florida 18. And so you see, of course, Tennessee on the back end at one. So if we win games, our RPI will be good enough. The big thing for us is we can't afford to lose midweek games. And we just got to start winning. We got to start winning two out of three on weekends. You win two out of three at home, and you don't get swept on the road, you'll be okay. Now, the thing about it is, have you already put yourself behind the eight ball as far as hosting? Is there enough there? And, of course, hey, you go in and you sweep Tennessee in that last weekend, and, of course, everything's kind of weighted. If if you win big games on the road, if you win to Oxford and you win two out of three at Ole Miss, who's going to have a pretty good RPI too? If you win games on the road, you're going to be rewarded for that. And so is it out of the realm of possibility that this team cannot host? No, because you do have an opportunity now when you get into league play to make up RPI in a drastic way. And you got a big start this weekend. Go win two or three this weekend. All of a sudden, your RPI looks pretty good. All right, I guess we'll get together later this week. We'll talk about LSU coming in. This is going to be two teams not terribly happy with where they are. Look, there's still enough holes on the course to turn it around, but you got to get shooting better in a hurry. In a hurry. In a big hurry. And so, hey, tomorrow night, UT Martin. We'll be on the call. Then we've, we've got, what, Saturday and Sunday this coming weekend with the LSU series? Yeah, SEC Network has the game on Friday, and then we'll have the game on Saturday and again on Sunday. So, yeah, we'll get a night out in the lounge and then a little work to do over Saturday and Sunday. All right, looking forward to it. Busy week.
tomorrow night, Mississippi State, UT Martin, and then LSU on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on a Monday night. Once again, thanks to our great friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Our friends at Heartland Catfish, Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you could possibly find. And then country-pleasing sausage, country-pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi. You can get it uh, online at countrypleasing.com, or you can get it at the ballpark this weekend when you come to watch State and LSU. And once again, thanks to our great friends at Bank First, bankfirstfs.com for any lending needs, commercial lending, business loans, or mortgage refinance, anything you need from a banker, from a banking group and our great friends at Bank First. Charlie, enjoyed it as always. We'll be back in the midweek for our midweek show with some interviews for you. Then we'll have our Tracks Plus Deep Dig on Thursday, then back in the saddle on Sunday for Sunday Coffee presented by Strange Brew Coffee House. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on a Monday night.